Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 48, Suckering the Week. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys, my favorite people ever in the world. I am feeling fed, and I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about my soul has been fed, (laughs) my mind has been fed. I am having the best time. Um, I am speaking at Salt Summit this month. Um, It became an online summit because of COVID, and so it's been stretched out over four weeks. So I will be speaking in three more weeks, and until then, I get to be a participant. And tonight, I got to learn from Camille Osborne about navigating a faith crisis, and it was so powerful and so neat and really actually tied into what I was planning on teaching you guys tonight or this morning, right? It's morning for you guys. It's night for me. (laughs) Um, But I'm really excited to be here and I've been thinking about this topic for a while. I wanted to get it just right and I'm, I'm excited to convey this to you. So I've been thinking a lot about, um, what I teach my clients when we talk about where people's emotions come from. I teach you guys that your emotions come from your thoughts. And if you heard my podcast last week, we talked about how also other people's emotions come from their thoughts, which means we are not responsible for their feelings and therefore their actions. Okay. But it also applies to us. So it's kind of fair, right? (laughs) Our Our actions and our feelings also are created by our own thoughts. Nobody puts those feelings inside of our body and then makes us act on those feelings, right? But I have noticed that sometimes when we are engaged in our spirituality and when we are learning and being fed by the Spirit and when we are feeling excited and confident about Um, our relationship with our Heavenly Father, sometimes this funny thing happens and we get a little bit of pride. So confidence is knowing that you're not good at everything and yet you're amazing and you're amazing and everyone else is amazing, right? Your amazingness doesn't take away from anybody else. It adds to it. And, And somebody else being really good at something just means that you also have the opportunity to be really good at it, right? It's not like a pie and if they're doing really well, you're going to do really bad. Confidence is something that gets passed around, that there is plenty of, that multiplies. But pride is when we believe there's some kind of scale and people are above and below us, right? We believe that somebody is a better parent than us or someone's a better coach than us or a better photographer or a better PTA mom or a better housekeeper or a better wife, right? 
or that we believe that we know something maybe someone else should know and that we are better at something, right? That, and I see this sometimes in coaching where my clients are so excited about this new information they've learned. And rightfully so, guys, it's good stuff. Like I'm there with you, okay? (laughs) And their first reaction is like, oh my gosh, my sister needs this. My husband needs this. Like it comes from a place of love. I know you guys, you're so excited to share it with everybody. And I love that, okay? But sometimes what we do is we also get frustrated with the people in our lives. We're like, why aren't they learning this, right? Why don't they get it? Why won't they listen to the podcast, right? Why won't they hire a coach? And they want them to learn it too so that my client can feel better. They're like, if my spouse got it better, it'd be so much easier to live with them, right? And what we're doing in that moment is we are believing that our feelings of frustration are coming from our spouse and their amount of knowledge when it comes to coaching, okay? And so what I've noticed too is that my clients and and all of us, we tend to believe that if we know something about, like if we see an alternate ending, you guys have heard me say that before, right? If we see an alternate thought that our spouse could think, it tends to turn into pride instead of love and compassion, I saw this with myself the other day with my husband. He's very overwhelmed and just, you know, for some reason, I wasn't thinking thoughts that were creating overwhelm for me. And so I had this thought that all he has to do is think this thought and it will be fine. And so I wasn't showing compassion when he was expressing his overwhelm and I wasn't getting in the ditch with him and I wasn't loving on him and I wasn't... Um, seeing what he was saying and comparing and understanding, hey, yeah, I felt overwhelmed before too. It sucks, right? I'm there with you. And like, hey, I was just there yesterday. Yes, right? Instead, I was like, welcome to my world, right? (laughs) I was like, you know, it's not really that overwhelming. You could just do this, this, and this, and it would be fine, right? I was using the model and the tools I had and the thoughts that just happened to be available to me that day to basically bypass his emotions and to bypass applying the model to myself, right? Instead of applying the model to myself and thinking, what results am I creating and what am I thinking about my husband? I thought, I'm going to change my husband get him to stop feeling overwhelmed so I can feel better. You guys, this is not the model, right? This is not what we teach. This is not what we believe, right? You guys, you're with me, right? Because I teach you that your thoughts create your feelings. So when we, we bypass using the model, we basically offer a thought to our spouse or to somebody in our life. And we're like, if you just think this, you could feel better and it'd be super simple, right? Why don't you just think this? But just notice, I want you guys to notice that you're trying to change them so you can feel better. So you don't really understand that you could just think a thought and feel better. Do you guys see this? It's a little tricky. Our brains do this to us, but it comes from a place of pride. Okay. It comes from a place of pride. And 
I want to talk about a Christ-like compassion because that is what I'm advocating for here with coaching, okay? I am not advocating that you guys can just think a thought or offer a thought to somebody or that you guys should detach yourself from the emotions of your spouse, okay? I don't want you to detach yourself from their emotions because that's not going to create the result you want, okay? I want you to think about what kinds of thoughts detach us from other people's emotions, okay? Because sometimes I offer the thought to to you guys that it's not about you. It has everything to do with them, right? When someone's yelling at you or blaming you or the conversation starts with, I just wish you would, right, from our spouse or somebody else in our life, I just wish you would X, Y, D, Z different, okay? When we are detached, that is a feeling, okay? Or apathy, right? No emotion, What thoughts do you guys think create apathy? Because this thought, this has everything to do with them and nothing to do with me. That doesn't create apathy for me. The feeling I want to feel is compassion. Okay? Compassion or curiosity or understanding. Apathy comes from a thought like they could feel so much better if they would just try harder, right? And there's really no way I can help them. This is about them. That's kind of apathy for me. But believing this has to do with where they're coming from, not from what I did, for me, that actually creates compassion because I'm not having to tend to my own wounds and my own defensiveness. I can just be like, even though my husband is telling me I'm, I'm doing this wrong and he wants me to improve this and he, he misses, you know, when I used to hug him more and he wants me to say I love you more, when I believe this is about where he's coming from and how he's feeling and he wants to communicate it with me, I am his person, okay? So instead, I like to pretend like my husband is talking about somebody else. What would I do then? right? Would I offer some kind of love or understanding or like, yes, I've been there or, hey, I'm so glad you told me that. Like, yeah, that would really stink if somebody said that to me and I understand and I hear where you're coming from or I hear where you're coming from. I'll definitely think about it, right? Maybe I'm not willing to change that, but thank you for sharing that with me. And I will try to do this other thing you talked about, right? So curiosity and compassion, are where we want to be when people are expressing things that are hard for them. And that is a Christ-like way to feel. And that is what the model at its finest will create for you. Because compassion, you guys, will feel so much better to you than apathy. Okay? There is no downside to feeling compassion, I promise you. There is nobody on the earth that doesn't deserve your compassion because we don't send compassion to them. We feel it. Okay. The only question you have to think is, do I deserve to feel compassion? And if you do, then 
there is no reason to hold back from somebody else. Give them all of your compassion. Is being a compassionate person who I am? Give them all of your compassion and your love and your understanding. So sometimes we do this with the model. When you've been coached for a while, we just want to offer people thoughts. We're like, well, if you just think this, you'd feel better, right? But I've also seen it with our spirituality. So sometimes what we do is we take something that we understand, a commandment or a scripture or maybe personal revelation for ourselves, and we apply it to somebody else, right? When somebody or a group of people are struggling, we tend to, or sometimes we can grab an idea like, well, God is in charge in the end and everything will work out, okay? And what that thought does when someone's struggling is it might create compassion, but it also might create apathy. And apathy will lead to a lack of action. The Lord, you guys, exemplifies a compassion of action. And it was symbolized with marks on his hands. He wants us to pray, but... We are the answers to the prayers for others, right? He doesn't just want us to tell people, the Lord will take care of it in the end. You are the end, right? You are the action that the Lord needs to take care of something. And so when we hear people are struggling, when somebody is mourning, when somebody is experiencing an injustice, When somebody, even if you believe they've created the pain that they're experiencing, you are missing an opportunity to be like our Savior when we spiritually bypass, okay? When we offer a blanket spiritual statement like Heavenly Father will take care of it in the end to allow us to step away from the issue, So I looked it up and this is a new term that I've heard, spiritually bypassing. And the definition is to sidestep or avoid emotional issues. So, or overly detached. So if we use religion to sidestep people's anguish and pain, Earlier I said it allows us to step away, but you know what it does? It doesn't allow us to partake in those incredible emotions like I talked about, like compassion and love and understanding. Have you guys ever felt what pure understanding feels like when you really are in someone else's shoes? What happens is those defenses go down. It's like all your walls fall down And you are completely understanding them. And it is a very comfortable place to be. I wouldn't even say it's vulnerable. When you completely understand somebody, it feels comfortable. It's not scary. And we are missing that amazing opportunity when we spiritually bypass by taking a blanket statement that we believe that our spirituality offers to us in order to to not take part in the compassion that we could feel for others. 
So like I said, the Lord didn't just love us. He didn't just say, I got you. I love you. He took action, right? He walked on water. He healed people. He took action. He didn't just say, hey, my atonement's going to cover all of this. Don't you worry. He created miracles and he does this in our lives still. He is still a God of miracles. He doesn't say, I will take care of it all in the end. He suckers our pain now. And that's what I want you guys to use the model for, to sucker other people's pain, not by making it about you or believing you were the cause, but by taking the opportunity to have compassion and empathy for the person that is struggling. And in the scriptures, the doctrine and covenants, which are, you know, revelation that was given to our, a modern day prophet, we believe they're a modern day prophet. So Joseph Smith received revelation as a modern day prophet. And so there's more scripture and it's called doctrine and covenants. And so in chapter 81, verse five, it says, wherefore be faithful, succor the weak, lift up the hands, the hang down and strengthen the feeble knees. Okay. He didn't say, tell them my scriptures, tell them we'll be okay. He said, sucker them, lift up their hands and strengthen them. Right. He said, get in there. (laughs) And I think about, I know this, I've said this before, but I think about the Black Lives Matter movement and just as one example. And for some reason, it became this heated political issue. But to me, it was a human being problem. To me, I was on the side of of mourning with those that mourn. That's the side I'm always on, right? I'm not on on one side or the other. I'm on the side of mourning with those that mourn because that's what my Savior chose. And I think about this too with mental health. Even sometimes with ourself, we spiritually bypass the things we actually need to fix in our lives, right? We're like, well, God will just take care of it. So I don't need to go see a doctor about my mental health, right? Or God's in the driver's seat. So I don't need to take medication. And I'm not saying everybody has to, but when we use reasons like that, we're missing a little bit of the type of Savior and Heavenly Father that we have. Because Heavenly Father gave us doctors and knowledge, and we live in such an incredible time where there's so many options out there. I just want you guys to be aware when there are times when you spiritually bypass options that are out there for you. When you believe that if you had a stronger testimony or if you studied the scriptures more, or if you were a better person, that you would not be depressed and you're avoiding um, emotional issues. You're becoming overly detached by waiting for Heavenly Father to step in when there are so many options out there for you. So the final thing I want to leave with you is Can we mourn with those that mourn instead of trying to figure out if they are creating it for themselves or if it's something that they can fix or by offering them spiritual advice 
that might be something that's good, especially if you feel prompted. But can we first mourn with those that mourn? Can we do that instead of being right, instead of having the right solutions? Sometimes I tell my clients, the commandments are for you and you alone, meaning they are for you and not for you to interpret for your spouse or for your kids. And I know that's confusing because you're the parents, you got to teach, teach them, teach them the commandments, but then don't interpret what that's supposed to look like in their life. Because each one of our spiritual journeys will look different. And when we believe we have the answer and we know what life is supposed to look like and we know what a a good spiritual journey looks like and we know how long a person is supposed to be in the church and, and what that stepping away from the church is bad or that having a faith crisis is bad or that someone who complains about, um, social injustices needs to create their own happiness, right? Based on what we learned in the model. We are missing the opportunity to get it right. Brene Brown says, I'm not here to be right. I'm here to get it right. Trust me, guys. You don't want to be right and have the right answer, the right commandment for somebody, the right direction for them, and the right model or the right thought that you believe that if they just understood this, they would feel better. You don't. You know what you want to do? You want to get it right. You want to feel compassion. You want to be the best version of you. That is what's going to feel the best. That's all I have for you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope it was powerful for you. If you are not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that's totally cool. You guys can just like forget about this episode or you can always email me and ask me more about the LDS or Mormon church that I belong to. Um, But I hope you gleaned something from this because we all have a lot to learn. And it really serves us to know that and to be curious all the time. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Don't forget to share the podcast, subscribe. And if you want coaching from me, you can always find a link below for a free first coaching session. And you guys can talk about how to get more help from me. All right, you guys have an amazing week. Bye-bye. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.